NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back. International soccer is back. The casino is open 24-7. Plus, they've got tons of sports sims to bet on. Use promo code SGP to get up to $1,000 in deposit bonuses. That's promo code SGP at MyBookie.ag to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Madden Mayhem on our Madden Simulation Tournament where we're giving away $10,000 in MyBookie credits to the winners of the best brackets. Is your bracket already busted? No problem. You can get in on the $1,600 second chance bracket this weekend starting Thursday. Get all the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. And finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And welcome to NBA Odds Pod. I am your host, Ryan McKee, we still have no NBA action to bet on, but I am still bringing you podcasts because what else is there? And I am happy to uh, bring in my very good friend, Evan Scott Swartz. How's it going, my man? Going well, buddy. Uh, How are you doing? I'm never quite sure how to answer that question. I am not sick. uh, I'm still lucky enough to be making money and i feel like those are like the only two uh prerequisites nowadays yeah um it's really reduced life down to the bare necessities which is in a weird way kind of refreshing and nice like it it really does remove a lot of the outside stuff and and if you wake up every day and you're like you know what i'm healthy and i have a roof over my head that's uh that's a win still no nba but there is talk about the nba resuming um there's a lot of different reports we can talk about but um i guess first i mean we do have some sports coming back we have nascar we have ufc uh there's some there's gonna be some golf matches like one-on-one matches that are coming up i guess as a sports fan one i want to ask you how you feel about that but two uh, you are the only person I know who has uh, been tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, so I got a what an what an honor. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I, I mean, I know a lot of people, so you should be honored. I guess we could talk about just how that influences your opinion. But I mean, first, I want to talk a little bit about um, just your experience with it. I don't. I, I I texted with you a little bit about it, but I don't even know how bad it was for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and first of all, you mentioned some sports that are back. Uh, you skipped over a little something called the WWE, which has been running shows consistently throughout all of this. You know, I did forget WWE. I am I'm very sorry. I know we have some hardcore WWE fans that um, go on the website. Um, and yeah, and, you and, um, and you're talking to one right now, Ryan. So uh, don't uh, don't diminish the fact that they have been doing the weirdest stuff for the last two months, trying to kind of make it work. 
I mean, I, I don't watch WWE. I've, um, I've heard from people that it's real weird to watch when there was no crowd uh, pumping up these guys. And Well, look, it's a, it's a bigger kind of, at least for me, like guiding principle for what I feel like sports should do and will look like. Um, but if you want to start, I mean, the other guiding principle is me, yeah, having had COVID and, yeah. um, you know, I had it, uh, pretty early on throughout all of this. This was, you know, back in like mid-March and, you know, it was certainly not as bad as what other people have faced. Um, but I will tell you it, there's, it's one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had not being able to smell or taste anything for over two weeks. That alone was just bizarre and very surreal and uncanny and all of those things because they're really, that's what made it feel for, at least for me, scary and very disruptive. You know, I also, I had some breathing problems too and, you know, thankfully only lasted about a weekend. Um, but, you know, I had one or two nights where I had a blood oxygen monitor on my finger and I was on the phone with my doctor trying to figure out, like, the, basically the magic number for me to go right to the emergency room. And yeah. especially because it was two months ago, we knew even less than we know now. So it was, it was definitely bizarre. I'll tell you, I feel incredibly lucky that I got it over with and I tested positive for the antibodies and... So I'm actually right now, as you know, you know, I live in, in Los Angeles most of the time, but I'm in New York right now. I'm in New York City. And um, it's, uh, you know, mostly by virtue of the fact that I've got immunity, it would seem. But also, I don't know, I felt weird being away from my hometown during all of this. And it's also now strange that I can say I've been in, I guess, two of the three worst hit areas in America, you know, not including Seattle. Yeah. So I feel like I've got at least some, let's call it unique perspective or distinct to me perspective on all of this. I mean, the the smell and taste thing sounds like totally weird. And I'm, I'm glad you didn't have it as seriously. I mean, I've been reading, obviously people die from it, but uh, even people our age and they're in their 20s, 30s and 40s still get it like so sick to where they can't move out of their bed for like weeks at a time and it's like well i i mean i definitely had a stretch of about four or five days where i did not leave my bedroom even because it. it was just exhausting um and do you yeah, know how even, you got it do you know how you contracted it i do um it was through a friend you know i i before everything really shut down i saw a friend of mine who had been in contact with someone who had come to the U.S. from Korea. Mm. And so the, the contact tracing, as they say, is pretty simple there. Um, and it's probably the reason why I, was, I got it so early on, because it had come from, you know, what was then one of the biggest hotspots in the world. Um, but, you know, that being said, I think as much as I did get lucky, I think, you know, I'm still having some issues where, you know, going upstairs, I'm noticing that my lungs are just a, lagging a little bit behind where they were. Mm -hmm. And so I just, to, to make it a little bit more relevant to what we're talking about, I don't know how a professional athlete willingly 
at least one that has a, a true conception of how dangerous this all is, how they would really endanger, you know, their long-term health and possibly their career by doing something as risky as coming back and playing. And I think, you know, one of my biggest, you know, points about restarting the NBA or any of these other leagues is that it really feels like it's the players that are assuming all of the risk mm-hmm. and it's the owners that are driving, you know, the, 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 whatever, the, they're the driving force behind trying to bring everybody back. Yeah. I mean, we can, I'm looking to dive into kind of like who's pushing whom, but I mean, it does seem, you know, I read, um, you know, Woj reported um, on the Monday or, or Tuesday that, they are kind of trying to get like a straw poll of all the different players and, and, and where their feelings lie on it. Um, and then, but then there was also a report that came out saying that uh, Giannis, LeBron. I think Durant was in there. Durant, Steph Curry, uh, Chris yeah. Paul, Dane yeah. got on like a private conference call and established um their united front in 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 favor of of resuming the season so sure yes they are taking the risks but you know they have a financial stake as as, as, in it as well like a huge one i mean obviously the owners are going to be taking a bigger overall hit in the amount of money they're making but um you know they're billionaires these guys aren't billionaires like it could still hurt their bottom line especially the like the 12th man on the bench uh, and not only the 12th man on the bench, but the entire rosters of te- – I mean, I understand Curry wanting to do the right thing by, you know, his teammates and his competitive nature, but his team is mathematically eliminated. So on what – how could you possibly justify dragging those guys back if you're the Warriors, if you're the Cavs, if you're my Knicks? Why would you come back and risk your health for essentially putting on an exhibition – uh, and I just don't see any, first of all, as an overall point, regardless of what you feel about restarting the season or not, I think everyone would probably agree you've got to, for the NBA, you would start with the playoffs immediately. I think that, you know, in a, it's sort of lucky that certainly in the East and mostly in the West, playoff seating was pretty set by the time the season was suspended. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a little bit of talk I've seen about maybe doing some sort of play-in tournament for the eighth seed in the West, maybe even the eighth seed in the East, which I think would be a lot of fun and is honestly probably a good idea long-term for the NBA um, just in general. Yeah, but absolutely. I think, I think it's hard to tell somebody who's, you know, been sitting at home and has no shot at making the playoffs that you've got to come back. You've got to get on an airplane from wherever you live and go to an airport and you know be around people no matter what even if they're sending everybody to one isolated um you know bubble as they've been saying if it's vegas wherever it is mm-hmm. the risk is still j- just showing up before you even get on the court the risk is so much more exaggerated than it would be just staying at home so i, I think it's just tough i mean the more i read about it the more I I feel like it's just not gonna happen. Period. Because I mean, the absolutely, I I think we're in agreement that we'd have to start with the playoffs, especially at this point in the year. I mean, even if it was to come back full, if even if they were able to come back 
full force right now or in like a week we're still like so far behind in, in scheduling and stuff it just feels weird to try to play out the remaining uh games of the season exactly what you're saying for exhibition purposes also that's so many more COVID-19 tests that they need I mean that's like a big factor is like the end you know the optics of suddenly eating up a ton of testing when there's not enough testing in America there's no way that they can test like every member of every team oh no no no, ryan I, ryan i don't know if you heard but there's actually everyone can get tested and there's and we're leading the world in testing and uh and, you know we actually won is that what I our glorious know. is that what our glorious leader claims we, we actually uh, we won on monday he said it so i think maybe we should well, let's bring them all back well let's make mission... instead of an opening tip off let's have all the players open mouth kiss on the court let's do, that'll be great everybody has to sneeze in each other's mouth that's the new greeting and i think we'll be fine first of all i would pay a lot of money to watch a bunch of uh nba players open mouth kiss and i'm and not in like uh, a, we should maybe we could talk about that homosexual way just in a very curiosity sense um i could tell you by the way the most intense kisser is going to be chris paul we all know it he, he's I not mean, gonna he's, he's gonna take such a so he's a small guy he has to go so hard to overcompensate for his <laughs> his physical limitations he absolutely <laughs> would be a very strong kisser uh, i think wessel restbrook especially he goes right he'll go right in with the tongue he's he's gonna run through guys <laughs> open he just start <laughs> with the tongue um all all jokes about our glorious leader and open mouth kissing aside i think that the testing is a huge problem even if there is Okay, let's just assume that there is enough testing and that it won't be weird for them to gobble up a bunch of testing kits. Adam Silver came out and said that, hey, if um, if one positive test is going to shut us down, then we shouldn't even go down this, this path. And right. we saw with the UFC this weekend, uh, three three fighters tested positive or I know it was, I know it was a couple well, I, of fighters and one of was it like a staff member, three people tested positive. And that's a much more limited amount of people for these, for these fights than whole NBA teams and staffs are going to have to take up. We should also talk about kind of what the experience was like as a fan watching UFC and, uh, and we can also double back a little bit to what I was saying about WWE because that is going to be the model for however the NBA comes back. There would, I mean, there's already talk that there won't be fans for the entirety of next season. Yeah, and this may be the new normal. But I, I agree that there's just it's one of those things where you would have to sit down and go. Players are going to get COVID from doing this. What is the liability? Are guys still willing to come back? But but it's a guarantee, 100%. They will be guys who, when they show up, let's say for argument's sake, in Vegas, they're going to all quarantine in one or two hotels. They're all going to play at the same you know facilities. You just you know guys are going to show up with it. You know guys are going to get it for the first if they do a two week quarantine where nobody is in contact with anybody. The guys are going to have to get sent home. And there's ways to mitigate it, sure. I think, again, send half the players home, you know, half the teams home that aren't in playoff contention. That certainly helps. But there's just, there's no possible way that they come out of it without a, a one positive test. And you've got a lot of coaches and staff who are older and more high risk. And it just, it becomes a thing of, 
how much risk is everyone willing to accept? And by the way, I don't know if you saw, this is, this is vis-a-vis the NFL, but um, noted super genius uh, Darren Rovell was yeah. tweeting basically about the NBA coming back, you know, three steps, it's easy. Uh, all the players sign a, a waiver, you know, uh, about uh, not, you know, suing for getting COVID. Okay. They already accept that they're all going to get CTE, so why would they care? And I'm paraphrasing not as much as you think, because, I mean, that is a, a lava-level hot take yeah. of, well, whatever, they're all going to get permanent brain damage. So what matters if they get a potentially deadly upper respiratory infection? And I mean, that feels it, like a very Ravel take. He, he just seems like he's gotten to the point where he'll just tweet like the craziest shit to get more eyeballs. Yeah, he's becoming, and, he's becoming like this the Stephen A. Smith of like tweeting. <laughs> Boy, what a title! You 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 <laughs> don't want you don't want to sit on that throne. No, um, but it's look. I mean, it's it's asinine, but in a weird way, he has a point that there is just going to have to be this upfront agreement, and it goes back to what I was saying about the fact that owners are really, really, really the driving force and the ones that are assuming the least amount of risk. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from my conversation with Evan and be right back. Okay, there's a lot of talk right now, especially on this podcast, about how the sports are on pause and we're all missing sports and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? There is a lot of sports coming back, and there is still plenty of things to bet on at mybookie.ag. I'm opening up the website right now. We've got UFC back. you got Bundesliga back. You've got uh, boxing. You've got golf, esports. you get got simulations. Obviously, there's the Modern Mayhem you can bet on. Stop complaining about not being able to watch and bet on sports and Go over to mybookie.ag and look at what sports you can bet on right now. There's even like U.S. elections you can bet on if you're not into the you know learning new sports. Mybookie.ag. You can not only bet on sports, but you can also try your hand at the MyBookie Casino with instant access to hundreds of classic slots and table games. There's new blackjack tournaments starting every week, offering opportunities to enter for free and score a portion of the huge jackpots. Stay safe and stay sane from the comfort of your home. Sign up right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code SGP, and they'll match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you put in $100, they'll spot you $50. So you're basically getting free money to come play and you get to support the show by doing so. So. So, mybookie.ag, promo code SGP, because with mybookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. You have a unique perspective on it, and you're, you're because you had it, and you're still having trouble breathing. Obviously, the players are at peak physical conditioning as, a, as far as just humans go. So you would imagine like their lung capacity is better. It probably wouldn't affect them the same way it would affect uh, people like you and I. But right, you are talking about the coaches who are older. You're talking about medical staff. You know who who is exactly going to be taking? Who else is going to be taking on the risk? I guess 
I don't know, to sum things up, I, I, this week, I feel like way more hopeless that the NBA is coming back in any capacity for this season. And I, I really don't feel like I have enough medical knowledge to truly understand if that's like a good idea or a bad idea. But where, I mean, bottom line, where do you fall on it? It's, it's really tough. As a human being with a, with a brain and a soul, I, I just, I can't see them doing this. And as a sports fan, it's all I want. It's, I'm so upset, genuinely upset, that we aren't going to get to see LeBron, Giannis, while LeBron is still squeezing years out of his peak, while Giannis is just going into his. And, I mean, that would be truly an all-timer. This was looking like an all-time NBA season after yeah. – I mean, again, the NBA has been amazing for the last couple of years. I think, if anything, this is putting all that in perspective and making me appreciate how good we had it. But this season being so wide open and so weird, uh, there was something magical was going to happen at the end of all this. Yeah, no, I mean, it has felt like, obviously, this was the first season we kind of came in where it didn't feel like a foregone conclusion of who we yeah. were the champions were for like the last six years or so. And obviously that didn't always play out that way. The The Warriors didn't just like win five straight or anything. Um, so there was, you know, obviously like excitement and the unknown still playing, but this was felt like truly wide open. Um, and, and we did, you know, whether it be the Lakers and Clippers, um, definitely wanted to see Giannis go up against the 76ers. I don't know. I haven't fully wrapped my head around it still, but this is the first yeah. week I feel like this season's not going to come back. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think th there's also a very optimistic way to look at this, which is on some level, it's terrifying to think about LeBron, you know, his entire arc of his career, which has been really, he's he's been so healthy. He's been in such good positions he's he's managed his career especially now with with the benefit of hindsight kind of perfectly mm -hmm. um whatever you feel about the decision all of that he was right he was right to go back to cleveland he was right to come to la um it's it's weird to think that we're maybe going to miss at least a half year and, and maybe more of, of the the i'm going to say best player of all time's career but speaking of the other best player of all time you know, Jordan retired, I guess he was 31 or 32. So it's not, and, and in way better physical shape than Jordan, just by virtue of the fact that like medical science is better now. So I, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a year off or whatever, a few months solidly off for LeBron is good for a dude who's been in the finals, you know, every year for whatever, seven straight years and the playoffs last year and well, he wasn't. A lot of mileage. He actually wasn't not, last, not year. last year. I'm sorry, but you and know, we, he had that injury last year. He had the injury last year. He sat out, you know, half the season, and, and we did see actually he came back looking very revived. Um, so it did. He I looked think, amazing this him too. this season. He was playing a crazy amount of minutes for a guy his age, uh, or just anyone his age. He was playing, you know, way more minutes than Giannis. I'm yeah. I'm less worried about like losing. LeBron, because I feel like he's going to come back, and I still feel like we're going to get him playing in, until he's, like, 40. I think at least, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if Tom Brady can play quarterback uh, and, and he's going to be 42 this coming season, 
Uh, I definitely feel like LeBron can stay in the league well past 40. How old was Moses Malone at the end? He was still playing, and they got weirdly similar body types, I feel like. And Yeah, he was the first guy that really, like, took – he was one of the first guys in the league that really took care of his body, like, year-round, whereas, yeah. like, a lot of the other guys, they would kind of like – even, like, the Larry Birds and Magic Johnsons, they would kind of take the off-season off and just drink beer and, and, like, hang out and not do anything. But And LeBron is an insane person about that, so yeah, you never have to worry about him. Yeah, so – Well, here, here, so here's my question. yeah. Throwing that aside, all of what we said, fantasy world, they figure out some way to make this happen. And by the way, as, as, as pessimistic as I am this week, just like you are, I don't rule it out totally that they don't figure out a way to make this happen. And the only reason I don't rule out, I don't rule out anything these days. So no, seriously, but you, so you watched uh, UFC on, on Saturday? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they they did it too early and they probably didn't do it the right way but they made it work and i'll tell you the the no crowd thing so as i was saying for wrestling it's weird because wrestling is all about crowd interaction yeah however what the wwe has done increasingly is pre-filmed a lot of things they've done a lot of stuff you know matches and things more kind of cinematically and they've they've tried to kind of alleviate some of that weirdness and with mixed results, but I would say overall, if you're a fan right now, you're probably pretty happy. Um, they've also been talking about starting to innovate with, uh, you know, having wrestlers in the crowd acting as fans. They've talked about, uh, you know, having people on, on Zoom and whatever, uh, kind of surrounding the screen on TV so that they can react and you can see real fans at home. So they're they're kind of a little bit of a test balloon right now, and I think if the NBA comes back, there and the NBA is the most innovative league there is, they're going to figure out some interesting ways to do this. And I think there's something cool about just hearing the the sneakers squeaking and hearing guys yelling at each other. It, it might be a really incredible experience. I mean, I think that yes, I feel I feel like that's. Very interesting because I, I did like watching the UFC when I could hear all the hits. Um, it was awesome. You could hear the grunts, like uh, you could the, hear the coaches. The, it was yeah, awesome. they could hear the coaching, and, and the fighters even said that they were hearing the announcers. Yeah, they were hearing Dan and Cormier giving advice, and yeah, and, and terrible and human took, Greg Hardy said that. Yeah, and actually took the advice, but I mean, brings in a whole lot of new elements. I just feel like there's no way that, I mean, that's pay-per-view. There's no way that the NBA that's going to be on ESPN or ABC, they're, they're not going to allow, like, us to hear all the shouts of the players because there's definitely, we're going to see how many F-bombs are truly dropped and these guys are saying For to each sure. other. They're going to pump in a bunch of music so we don't hear that shit. Well, and by the way... And they already pump of, in music, so... They already do. do. I don't know if you remember it was either last year or the year before that LeBron was in New York and the Knicks decided that night to not do any music or like any organ or anything. I do. Yeah. And I remember this. Yeah. You remember that? And, and yeah. the Knicks were like, we're trying a new fan experience. And I think LeBron basically was like, this is Bush league. Like they're trying to throw off our rhythm. Mm -hmm. We're used to playing with the noise and the music and all that kind of stuff. It, it really affects things. I mean, I'm pretty sure, as, as far as I remember, they still crush the Knicks, but 
that's kind of an interesting thing to consider that they're not going to be able to do this in, in empty gyms with no crowds and just silence. I think they're going to have to pump in music, things like that. And I know the Korean baseball, if you've been watching, they're just doing fake crowd noise. Yeah. And so and I would imagine the NBA would probably do similar, a similar thing. Yeah. And I, I think that if you're willing to look again for wrestling, it took a couple of weeks, but eventually you just get used to like, all right, this is what wrestling looks like now. And this is what it sounds like. And I feel like for the NBA, it's way more conducive to playing without crowds just from the intensity is not going to go down on the court, especially if it's, Hey man, this is round one of the playoffs. Your legacy is on the line. Who cares if there's nobody around? And we all love the playoff atmosphere stuff, but I think it could make for some really, really intense games. Yeah. I don't think the I, I really don't feel like the quality of the product will be just diminished at all, especially when you hear things like, you know, some of the most intense games were just like the pickup games from the dream team while they were practicing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, these guys are, it's not like the level of competition is going to be lowered because there's not live fans. And, and, you know, they'll probably find a way to pump in crowd noise that they could probably get in a mindset that that they were in anyway. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to the, the, I, you know, I think that the NBA is such a progressive league and Adam Silver seems like such a progressive uh, commissioner. I don't think that they will push. I think they'd be too worried about the optics of how it looks uh, to put their players in that situation. We know that the NFL, their owners seem way less concerned about their player health. Um, so I feel like the NFL You're kidding will, me. The NFL doesn't care about their players? I, I definitely feel like they'll be... I feel like we'll get NFL before we get NBA. I think if the earth had opened up and there was magma all over the surface, NFL owners would be like, well, we'll just... We'll cut one preseason game. No yeah. bye weeks. But get the hell out there. Yeah, um, like, like in uh, Batman... Uh, when the the field oh, yeah, is when, like when Bane destroys the field at when Bane field. is destroyed in the field, yeah, like you know that team would find a way to play like the next uh, the next week if. And now for another quick break, and we'll be right back, guys. I just want to remind you about Madden Mayhem. Okay, we are giving away ten thousand dollars in my bookie credits for the best brackets and. Okay, so maybe the first couple weeks haven't gone great for you. Maybe your bracket, like mine, is totally busted. I had the Arizona Cardinals going way too far. That's a whole nother thing. Um, But if your bracket is busted, there's a second chance bracket for the Sweet 16, which starts Thursday. Now, you can bet on all the games, including live wagering, prop bets, futures, and much more at mybookie.ag. Remember to use that sweet promo code SGP to make sure you get your deposit bonus. Games are airing Thursday through Sunday, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. All you need to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden. For all the details, make sure to get that sweet 16 bracket in. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Madden for all the details. Yeah, so we'll 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 
we'll put a pin in that there and, and, and kind of move towards the other thing I wanted to talk about with you. Um, and that is just kind of what sports editorial has had to do at, during this time. And, um, as people, regular listeners of the podcast know, I run the editorial for sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Everything we do on that is about gambling on sports. Um, it has been traditionally, but we can't just, because there hasn't been sports or there's been obviously limited sports, we haven't been able to just like not keep putting out content. We got to still figure out a way to give people something to read and put me at an interesting spot. Cause you know, I worked at mtv.com for a lot of years and you know, this was during, you know, 2010 to 2000. 14 or something like that, right in the era where people were really figuring out hardcore, like what clickbait was and, you know, how to just like make articles that was, you know, that was when Buzzfeed blew up and everybody figured out how to make these clickbait articles. And I feel like on the editorial side, I've had to revert to, you know, having our writers do a lot of kind of clickbaity things like 10, NBA players that Michael Jordan hates and 10 NFL players that Aaron Rodgers hates. And while I like don't I don't love these articles for journalistic integrity, I can't help but publish them because they're getting so many more clicks than anything else we're putting out. Um, I want to talk to Evan about this because he used to write for me at MTV. He's written for a lot of other, um, a lot of other places, including a lot of sports journalism. I don't know. Uh, where are you with clickbait these days? And um, do you look at me as a horrible editor for publishing some of this stuff? <laughs> uh, if I did, then I would be complicit too, because how many nine things you didn't know about your penis articles that I write for you at MTV over the years? Yeah. I, I, I think that like, I think it was actually Scott Van Pelt maybe talking about um, a couple of weeks ago that basically ESPN had no idea what to do. They yeah. were, look, everybody was blindsided. But when the, the thing that you cover suddenly stops, it would be like if every, uh, you know, blimp and dirigible magazine suddenly was like, oh my God, what are we going to write about? There's airplanes now. It, it <laughs> truly... It it just it it upends your business <laughs> way, model. way to find like a totally a relatable analogy. You know all those. Oh, you you don't get dirigibles monthly. It's 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 definitely. I thought you were gonna. Now. I thought you were gonna go with like something like a, a political reporter and like all suddenly all politics stopped. What do you then write about? But no, you oh, no, been dirigibles. Okay. Well, pol that's the thing. Politics can't stop. Like even right now with the campaign on hold, political stuff is yeah, still flourishing. Stopped. That that would never stop. There's never not going to be. They eat. Look, restaurants are closed, and there's still plenty of food journalism happening. Yeah. Um, I I think even something like uh, you know Hollywood Reporter and things like that, they're still covering the business. But I think for sports right now every publication specifically sports gambling i mean that's what we write about well, sports we don't gambling. write like we ha we haven't traditionally written like you know human interest stories about sports which is all there kind of is right 
now other than obviously I, I don't mean to we we are getting like you know German soccer coming back and, and UFC and stuff like this we are writing about that but I'm saying like for the last two months what we've had to cover I, I think that you there's been plenty of coverage of again the business of sports by these publications but because there's no games because there's no game recaps because there's no locker room interviews and because gambling has been so limited those things are taking the biggest hit i would say gambling specifically you know is is i can't even imagine the amount of money that vegas is losing every day right now both from not having people in the hotels and casinos but from not having the sports book. No, I mean, just and Vegas. For, I mean, the sports books in general, you know, yeah. offshore and whatnot, they're, they're all hemorrhaging money. Yeah, and I think you know, they pro- in a weird way, they are going to, and this includes just regular sports media too, everybody's going to have to kind of transition a little bit to what the future of all of this is going to look like and what it was always going to look like. Uh, I think... There was a lot of hope that esports would maybe save everyone, but I think esports are still canceling events and you know, I mean, no, they've events. still been able. Yeah, I mean, they've been able to figure it. At least in China and, and South Korea, they're still able to do events. Um, I know leagues have started up in other places too because they're, they're able to play remotely. You know, but they obviously. Yeah, and I think that it might be a little bit of a that might be a a, a small permanent shift for sports gambling in general is just greater dollar amounts coming in on things like esports, things that you can depend on pretty reliably, regardless of what's going on in the world. And and you know, every book is, and we're doing. You know, even with sports gambling podcasts, we're doing our Madden Mayhem tournament where it's, it's all Madden simulations. And I, I think a lot of the sports books have been doing their own simulations for different, you know, NBA 2K and Madden um, and, and and FIFA. But I mean, yeah, it, it can't get close to what the numbers are on people gambling on real sports, I'm, I'm sure. Uh but yeah, I mean, I guess coming back to the, the topic, I brought the the clickbait. Where are you with clickbait? Well, look, there, there's really two, at least two kinds of clickbait. There are things that people will click on because it's interesting or it's argumentative. The yeah. ten best this, ten best that. That's okay because those are the real conversations sports fans have. I talk about my, you know, those sorts of things with my friends constantly, even if there are games on, especially if there are games on, because yeah. that's more, maybe more than half of the fun of being a sports fan is arguing. Arguing who, whose favorite player is better. Exactly. I think, however, there's also a huge amount of clickbait that is really kind of willfully deceptive and... I think there are a lot of people, even now that we've been dealing with that kind of, not to blame them fully, but the buzzfeedification of a lot of online content for a decade, there are still plenty of people that just aren't maybe attuned to, well, I do kind of, like, I'll, I, maybe I will never believe what this child star looks like now. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And that is just purely evil. There is no good reason to be doing that beyond just getting you know views for your stuff and those articles are the ones that always have like uh are you interested in and then it'll be in quotation marks like jennifer lawrence leaked 
And it's because they just know that people are Googling that kind of thing and that they'll be able to steal those views and siphon off those clicks. But for sports, and, and like, I mean, and even for, for me as someone who has worked in online uh, journalism for the last decade plus, I still fall for a lot of those. <laughs> I still fall for a lot of those clickbait stuff. It says, yeah, I do want Jennifer Lawrence leaks. And you click <laughs> on it. And it won't even go, but that's the thing. Those won't even go to the article. They like make you go to other things first before you even get to the article that they're promoting on these other sites. Um, right. And, so, by the way, and that, that's true, horrible clickbait. Right. Uh, more what I'm also, talking is stuff that, you know, we've been doing is like 10 NBA players that Michael Jordan hates. And that feels clickbaity to me. And, and, and I, I don't love it, but at least when people click on it, they're getting that article. They're, we're not lying to them. We're, we're doing our best to figure out which 10 NBA players Michael Jordan likely hates. Um, yeah, and let me, let me also just quickly say that hopefully while you're clicking through all of that stuff, you're also realizing that anything leaked is a terrible invasion of privacy and wrong, and hopefully you stop. Yeah. But for the finding out who Michael Jordan hates is fine because that guy kind of sucks and we should be hopefully revealing what an insane maniac he is. Um, and again, look, as long as it's not a slideshow and it's making you click through 11 different things so that they get 11 more page views, I think it's fine because that's the stuff that people are interested in. And, and especially right now, it's relevant when we're talking about Jordan. but that's again people love that kind of stuff those are the it's the cliche bar argument that you're getting into yeah and sometimes you go i mean i fall prey to this all the time where i've got a premise in my head of like you know what Peyton manning is better than tom brady and then you go out and it's, it's a confirmation bias thing of like oh i want to read this that proves my point or oh i want to read this that argues against it so i can get angry and Again, if you're a certain type of person, then go into the comment section and add your two cents. But I think that's fine. I think healthy debate and those sorts of things where you're actually offering up a lot of information, that's people like information. And just because it's a listicle doesn't mean it's inherently bad. But yes, if it's a slideshow, it is bad. And whoever did it is bad. And <laughs> you and I are therefore We're both not, very bad. Okay. Well, we're not doing that at podcast.com. <laughs> I guess I, I think maybe I, I got a little sensitive to it when, you know, like someone had, we had done like 10 NFL players that Tom Brady hates and uh, we put it in Reddit and there's just a lot of angry Pats fans saying how like, this is horrible clickbait. This is shit, you know? And while like, I understand what they're saying and I know it's not like the highest form of, of sports journalism, let me, I, I think I can say this to you as your friend and, and right now as your therapist. If if those Boston sports fans hurt you, just <laughs> consider where it's coming from because, you know, they, they are just terrible. And I can say that <laughs> with pretty much 100%. Well, you're a New York fan. And, and no, course. I'm right. Hey, yeah. New York fans are not much better. But um, I think that, that anybody who's that, fanatical is going to hate no matter what you put because even if it was like you know tom brady on players that you know he's had issues with in the past and it's reported and you spoke to tom brady for two hours 
Pats fans are still going to call you a hater on Reddit. So yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's neither here nor there. Whereas, like, you're saying this, I'm kind of interested. Like, who does Tom Brady hate? Yeah, I mean, you guys have to go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com to find out. Ah, damn it. See, this I is mean, where we you have, got me. We, we have, uh, you know, 10 players Charles Barkley hates. We have uh, five players that James Harden hates. And one final break, and we'll be right back. I bet a lot of you are home right now. Maybe a lot of you are laid off. You don't have a job, and you're thinking of, of hey, what can I do next with my life? What can I use this opportunity to to pursue something new? Well, have you ever thought about starting your own sports book? Well, if you haven't, you should now, because Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. And they're like, hey, I don't even know the first thing about what going into starting a sports book. You don't have to. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP and become your own bookie. Actually, you know, like the 10 players that um, Aaron Rodgers hates, um, that was our highest clicked piece ever on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Like that was well, the most, that, the most that, clicks we've ever gotten on a on a post. For, and for him specifically, for Aaron Rodgers, who I think we're all starting to understand is a specific guy. I'll, I'll put it gently. Yeah. Uh, and boy, does he carry grudges. That stuff is relevant. That is relevant to him as a player. It's relevant to you as a fan. Because especially given that they just drafted a first-round quarterback, it's going to impact the way that his career goes with the Packers. So I think it's, that's something that is newsworthy. That's important to say, not only like you're proving your, your thesis of Aaron Rodgers carries a lot of grudges, and that could impact the way that he deals with the Packers. Then you're also saying, by the way, he hates these guys. He might not want to join their team as a, you know, on that basis. That that is okay. I yeah. think that if it was, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers and the relationship he has with his family and the whole bachelor thing, that's probably not relevant. And especially from a sports perspective, I don't really think that matters. But yeah, you're talking about football still. And for NBA stuff, I don't know. James I mean, Harden, you could, Russell argue, Westbrook, you could argue that. that- I, I wouldn't make this argument, but a sports writer could argue that how a player treats his own family would yeah. to show how he yeah. treats his own teammates. You know, if he, if I, if I, I totally agree. I, 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 you can you make know, that argument. I'm not saying we are right now because we, we no, haven't no, published no, no. anything like that, but you know. But, but I would say that, like, yeah, that's not an article that I would necessarily write. I don't think it's one that you would. But if another writer were willing to, to tackle that in this thoughtful and intelligent way, using real evidence as opposed to speculation, I don't see how an editor could say, well, we can't publish this. Because, yeah, it could be very meaningful for the on-field product. And, you know, when, when there was all those articles about Russell Westbrook and James Harden and their relationship at the beginning of the season and throughout the season, at, or last season rather, that's relevant too. That's important. That's, 
important for fans, for the game, for gambling, all of that kind of stuff. So, I, again, well, I think... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and, yeah. Well, then specifically, James Harden's relationship with Chris Paul and how everybody oh, is yeah, saying exactly. that that led to a trade that didn't really seem to make sense for either team at first. And then it did seem to make sense. Both teams ended up being better. I don't know how that would have carried into the playoffs because we, I feel like the, you know, the way the Rockets went would have really been worn down how they've had to totally reformat their team around not being able to have a big man because Russell Westbrook can't shoot as opposed to what Chris Paul brings to the table. But yeah, it just seems like Harden and Chris Paul's relationship devolved to the point where they couldn't get along. So I guess that is relevant. I think if you publish players that James Harden doesn't get along with in an off season, that's a, that's informed speculation about how that off season could go. And if you had done that article, you know, before the Chris Paul trade, that is, I think a, a totally, totally necessary form of sports journalism, regardless if it's a kind of listicle form. I mean, by the way, going back to the caveman days of the internet, Everybody talked about Shaq and Kobe, and yeah. that turned out to be very, very important to the entire NBA, their relationship, and changed the course of NBA history. So, well, even it, before it, the internet, like sports writers speculated on like the relationship between uh, Mikhail and Larry Bird. Totally, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. People yeah. would talk about how Larry Bird would get on Mikhail's case for not wanting it as much as he does, or or, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's been you're talking you're talking me off the ledge. You're talking me off the ledge. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's do some real, real gross ones now. Like, yeah. uh, you know, ten pictures of of Shaq eating a burrito or something like that. I mean, just, just really gross, like worthless things. If we don't get more sports fact, that might end up what we. I, I'm probably going to greenlight that article. Um, if it would be find... very funny. It'd be very funny to watch Shaq uh, eating burritos. He lives in LA still, and and Orlando. There's got to be Mexican down there. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Shaq eating burritos photos. Um, it would look like a taquito in his hands. So it'd be yeah. Fun. So um, wow, well, we've we've talked for a while here. Let's. I guess let's just kind of sum up where we are right now with sports and, and, and what we want to see going forward with kind of sports coverage. Um, we are, this weekend, we're getting back Bundesliga. Am I saying that right? The German soccer league? Yes. I, I, we're getting back yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah, we, um, we have KBO, Korean baseball. We have, uh, you know, we have a lot of esports still um, going. Um, UFC, WWE, uh, what am I leaving out? What are we, oh, we have NASCAR coming back this weekend, which seems like a, um, and so I guess like, oh, and we, and we're getting premier league coming back right at the end of the. Are, is that confirmed? Because I believe that's confirmed that they're coming back in June. Uh, Danny Rose, who, uh, plays for the English national team, I think he's plays for Newcastle right now, I think was doing Instagram live this weekend and basically said, fuck no, why should we come back? People's lives are at risk. This is way beyond. And, and I loved how he put it. He was like, who cares about national morale 
um, you know, there are people who could die. And I think the argument about we need sports in the U.S. because it, it's for it's good for morale, whatever it is. I just keep thinking about how COVID and the whole coronavirus, you know, pandemic didn't really solidify for a lot of Americans until the NBA canceled the, or paused the season. That yeah. was a turning point. And I think the risk of them well, coming yeah, back uh, Ru- is... Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks got it, seemed to like get it in the same night. And it was all over Twitter. And that truly seemed to be when uh, America started taking it more seriously. Seriously. And so my fear is you bring it back to boost morale and God forbid guys get sick or seriously sick and they have to put it on pause again. What does that do for everybody? If we're looking to the NBA specifically as a kind of a bellwether, I I just, I would be very, very worried about the kind of psychological impact that could have. So talking about sports media, I have worked in sports media for a decade, plenty of friends and colleagues in it, and I don't want to see them losing their jobs if there's just not as much to cover. So for that reason alone, it's kind of the same argument about opening up the economy. Like, yeah, it really is scary to think about, but I just, there's so many ways that this could all go wrong and so many, so few ways it could actually work out without a hitch that I, I think, I hope Adam Silver decides to kind of be the adult in the room and just approaches this as cautiously as possible. I mean, uh, well said. That's a, it's a bummer, but well said. Um, all right. Well, Evan, uh, I think we're going to have you back soon on the podcast with yeah, some man. friends on some, on some different topics as, as early as next week. Thank you very much for joining me. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, wearing a mask, I guess. Yeah, everybody. Staying inside. Social distancing and wearing a mask. Uh, Ooh, uh watch, really weird watching, not being uh, able, as 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 Evan said, it's really disturbing not being able to uh, smell and taste for two weeks. If you get this, yeah. Uh, let me also plug watching uh, YouTube videos of trick plays uh, <laughs> set to like pumping EDM music. Because boy, that's been fun. You just go into a little world of, and and then remembering some guys, as Deadspin used to put it. Boy, is it fun to go back and look at like weird, uh, I don't know, Magic Johnson highlights. And oh yeah, I totally forgot that Charles Oakley was a psychopath and used to elbow people in the face. And it's yeah. fun to relive the past a little bit. And I hope uh, next time we talk, we'll have some more fun and we'll relive the past a little. Yeah, I mean, I I will I will co-sign on that. I I. I started off the pandemic by watching old 90s games, got kind of tired of that. And now I have been just watching a lot of like stupid uh, trick basketball shots on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, uh, everybody from like the dude perfect guys to just uh, somebody's cousin in their backyard. So uh, I'm with you there. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for joining me. And uh, we'll be back next week. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! I'm craving adventure. Thought we said no vacation this year. Let's take a trip to Total Wine. Tequilas and fruit-flavored vodkas, Chardonnays, Pinots, Proseccos. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.